Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. Speaking of dicks. Yeah. So I have this great transition, huh? Uh, this book I read t- probably two and a half weeks ago now. Um, I would like to start with an entry in the Worst Sex Writing Award, which is my favorite thing to look out for. Yeah. Start on page four of this book. Well, let's start by saying that this particular author contacted us. Yes. And requested that we review his book. Yes. So we feel perfectly justified in trashing the fuck out of him. Somebody didn't Because he doesn't listen to our podcast and therefore had no idea what he was getting into. No, didn't know what he was getting into. No, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't listen to this podcast and you ask us to review your book, well, I don't understand why they don't listen to our podcast. Like, I had a request one time, just real Mm -hmm. quick before you get into. And it was somebody wanting to listen to our uh, self-help book, which isn't all bad. I mean, Nicole does self-help books, but it was a line of self-help books for men. What? <laughs> and this is this is a podcast that's three book girls. Why please, would we? Please give me that book. I will review it. I'm not kidding. I will review it. Well, give it was... give it to the diehard feminist over here. I will review it. This was this has been a long time ago. Oh, but yeah, this is rad. I'd have to look way the, back, but I didn't even respond beginning. to it because it's like, okay, you obviously do not. <laughs> You've listened never listened to our listened podcast. To this podcast. She didn't even look at the name of our it's podcast. It's also called Three Book Girls. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead with your bad review. So this book, um, I want to say I read about 50 pages of it, and then I skimmed to the end <laughs> to see how, well, I wanted to see if there was really bad sex. Um, but so this starts with on page five, he describes a woman's boobs as her perky chest. Her perky chest? Perky chest. So does that mean that, like, because your chest is, like, up here, too, so is all of it pointed? So, Imagine, like, a perky sternum or something. I was just yeah. going like, to say. Do you have a perky sternum? Like, how does gonna that say, work? I that a new version of the bullet bra? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the hero of this, the, the main character of this book, and you see it all through the, I'm going to put hero in big ol' air quotes, but the hero of the book, and he is, um... The fucking worst. The fucking worst. The and, fucking and worst. And his book was described as controversial. Oh, God. Which I like to keep an open mind when I get to stuff. I was like, maybe this. I mean, it was a romance. It was about news. I was like, I maybe. Like, why not? Just try it. See what happens. No. <laughs> I'm surprised because you usually feel compelled to read really bad writing. It must have been really bad. Yeah, but it's like bad writing, not uh, hateful writing. Yeah. This is not so this book um no, the, my first real tip where I was like this isn't going to end in a good direction. <laughs> I was like well maybe some people like everyone learns to be in the middle or something. You never know how a book's going to end. So right. I was like maybe right. 
My first sign that that was not going to happen uh, was on page 36. Oh, 36. That was <laughs> so we've made on. it 30 more pages. Um, and... Which is a long time when it's a bad book. True. <sighs> I made it all the way to page 36. <laughs> My hero is talking about um, how consent is bullshit. And Vivian just says, had an aneurysm. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> so he said, if no always meant no, I'm still a virgin. So basically he's saying no doesn't always mean no. <laughs> I know. Uh, See, I told you it was a fucking dick. It doesn't wow. get better. I don't support book burning, but. We could bur- if I had a physical <laughs> Vivian copy. Vivian is a librarian. If I had so. a physical copy, I would have done something to it. I don't know what, but I don't have a physical copy of it. So forget, can... forget burning our bras. Yeah. We burn this shit. All I could do was delete the file and I was like, well, this is underwhelming. If we burned our bras, what would hold up our perky chest? I know. Our perky sternums. Yeah. <laughs> my sternum is not perky enough anymore to, to support these babies. Yeah. As I get older, my sternum gets perky. <laughs> the only reason is perky is because of a good bra. <laughs> A fully mature female, her sternum is so perky it like pokes out, like, like it opens up like that thing on Jurassic Park. <laughs> so that when we read So like when we read this shit, our sternum like opens up and sprays venom at the man that How awesome would it be if we had that power? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? It kind of reminds me of Alien. It's an Alien vibe right now. No, now if it was Alien, then you'd have like another little head pop out, like Gloria Steinem pops out and it starts like... (laughs) (laughs) A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle! Yeah, that's kind of... That's the only Alien I want to pop out of me. That would be amazing. Alyssa was pretty fucking hot, though, when she was describing this book. She was like, you guys made me read this! I'm so mad. So I have a summary a summary of all the things that happened and this was about this is where I quit which was like page 50. But so in a rant of a paragraph the hero describes how Native Americans feel about the Redskins team name. Hot tip, he's a white dude from like South Dakota, North Dakota, maybe it was Wyoming. Sorry, Martha. <laughs> Somewhere okay. in the over very, there. Very white bread. Um, okay. He complained about NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. The fact that men are too wimpy now. He doesn't like women in combat. Gay marriage shouldn't happen. Trans people don't exist. Feminism in general and climate change isn't settled. Which, Jesus. Holy bizarre, crap. was the final straw for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Is was this a romance ins- book or <laughs> a political rant? I mean, I like, come on, dude. It was a political rant, but it was like, I'm going to get people into reading this by yes. making it a romance. Yeah. Well, they're probably going for like the whole sunk cost fallacy thing where they're like, well, I'm 50 pages in. I really shouldn't quit. You know, I just need to see this to the end. Look, I have a lot no, of dude, rage. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> this guy. Ugh. I can't do it. What a way to like insult everybody ever in one paragraph. And he describes this as a controversial viewpoint. Being a dick is controversial. Climate change is real. <laughs> Trans people do matter! (laughs) And no means no. Always fucking no. Number one, no means no. Yeah. Anyway, I spent, I don't know, an hour and a half of my time on this. And nearly peed on her Kindle I was really mad. We yelled about it in the group text a lot. Yes, we did. You should have seen it. It was frightening. 
I'm I'm just glad I wasn't in the same room with you when you discovered well, luckily, how bad this was. I was um for part of it, I was waiting for someone to send me something at work. So I was at my work desk, so I couldn't do anything on the outside. But you so, were so I could only scream on the inside. We you need were to out him. On the inside. We need to out him. Okay. What's this Name an artist? Yeah, give us title and artist so of the worst the book ever. the title of this book was Paper Tigers, and it was by Lou Aguilar. Lou? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you all the way You may want to rethink <laughs> some made, things in your life. <laughs> you made a bad mistake. Can we find his address on Google? Can we um? Can we see if we can find him? We need to egg his house or something. We need <laughs> no, to throw... No, 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 not, no, no, we, no, not no, paper no. toilet in his house. Listen, we need to throw our bras no, in his I got trees. the best thing. <gasps> I had this roommate that did this once. Now listen, this is the best thing. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Panty shield his car. Oh, there you go. She took panty shields and put them all over his car and then squirted ketchup on them, which is disgusting. I love it. No, I love it. But, it's just ketchup. Yeah. Yes. And he went out the next morning, and she videotaped his um, reaction. I like her. Yeah. She sounds She great. was a bitch from hell. I did not like her, but that was a classic move. That's, That's epic. amazing. Yeah. That's epic. Yeah. I'm going to hold that one in the vault. <laughs> For Don't know what I'm going to need it for. I've never panty shielded, it, panty shielded a man's car, but thought about it a couple of times. Well, this would be one to do. <gasps> this would be, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even read the book and just the little bit that she read of it. It was like, what? That was an overview. Um, that oh wasn't God. even the whole book, you guys. Not even, she didn't even talk about pages. the bad sex scenes or anything like that. That's I did just skim a, through the sex scenes. I mean, they were pretty perfunctory and they weren't that bad. So. All I'm saying is, I mean, that's um, not props, but it was like, this wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened. I almost feel like, mm. you know, my theory of there's no such thing as bad publicity needs we need to we need to talk about that because don't go buy this book just because it's awful don't give him any of your money people i will read anything horrible because martha's right i have to it's in my blood (laughs) but don't go purchase this book no do not give this man the what's the word i need satisfaction the satisfaction of believing that he is right in any way whatsoever with this fucking crap. Nope. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Reading bad writing can be kind of fun because you hate it and cringe. Mm-hmm. But hateful beliefs isn't fun. It's just bad. Yeah. It's they're just too bad. different. You know, they're, different. They're, there's too much justification of really horrible stuff going on right now. Very mm-hmm. fine people. My fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nicole's not here. Mm-hmm. Just like last week, we got a little out of hand because our lawyer wasn't in the building. Yeah, we probably should move on to new subjects before you get your political hat on. My hat is the the hair on the back of my neck is standing It's okay, up. Martha. It happened two weeks ago. It's going to be okay. Just breathe. I need a paper bag. He needs a yoga with puppies that I saw on Facebook the other day. <laughs> yoga, they do yoga with goats here, and it's so fun. Oh, I want to go with yoga with goats. That it, would be cool. They just walk around. I'm very bad at yoga. It's free. You can go whenever. That would be fun. You need that. It'll make you feel better. So I know that you get sick of hearing dog stories, but I have a funny one. 
This was actually funny. Is this the one you sent me the video of last yes. night? Yes. Okay, Christ. so yesterday we um we went and we got pedicures because it's just about we'll the send, time of the we'll, season. We'll send a picture on uh, Facebook and Instagram and put, Twitter of our toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, my dog, Echo. And we need to put that on there, too, because that's fucking hilarious. Does not understand why my toes are a different color and reacted badly. Oh, she no. just looks at my toes and stares at them and then starts barking at my feet. It's like, it really and, happened. And it's an I saw angry the video. bark. Like, she's yeah. not happy about she's it She's like, at I all. don't know what the fuck you did with that, but it stinks and I don't like it's it. It's shiny yeah. and bad. It's like, <laughs> why are your toes purple? I don't understand. <laughs> and they smell weird. Make it stop. <laughs> but she did that. That was actually... Um, I, I did three videos and I just picked one to send you guys because she did it for a very long time. I ended up having to go put socks on because she wouldn't stop barking at my feet. And then this morning, um, I didn't have my shoes on because I don't wear socks to bed. I don't like to wear socks to bed. And um, so when I got up this morning and I'm reading my book and everything and she started barking at my feet again. I wasn't doing anything. All I was doing was so sitting bizarre. there and she was barking it's at still my feet. There. <laughs> You know what? Maybe she was getting the echo of those Vietnamese women's obvious uh, bad talk about us while we were she getting our feet She was probably talking done. about my very ugly feet. <laughs> For the you people know who weren't that. there with us in the room, Vani is the most ticklish person on the face Wait, of the earth. We've actually done three podcasts about this in the past. About Vani's And I'm even better than what I used to be. That's terrifying my, to me. Mine are extremely ticklish, too. I can't scratch my feet without tickling myself. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm sitting yeah. there and they're just And Alyssa's take, they're taking a sander to Alyssa's feet and she's yammering on... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nothing. And I mean, that's what I'm going to need. I'm going to need the belt sander on mine because I'm, I'm a dancer, so I have incredible dancer calluses on my feet. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I, I really, really want to learn Vietnamese so bad. So that you know Just what those so people I are know saying. what they're talking about. <laughs> Just so I can sit there and, and know what they're talking about and give them dirty looks mm. when they say mean things about us. I just know they were talking about us. Is All you need to do is just learn one phrase. They were like, talking about me. They were talking about the two of you. I didn't flinch. Just learn one just phrase. Makes like, me so mad. Yeah. Nice weather we're having in Vietnamese, and then just throw that out, and then they'll stop because they think you know a lot of Vietnamese. Maybe. No, I want to sit there and hear everything they oh. say, and then I want to write a scathing letter and never go back. Yeah, but although that was a fucking awesome place. I know. <gasps> Don't trash talk them. They're great. <laughs> I was going to say, they might not have been talking about bad. They might have just been talking about... Oh, they were talking bad. I could see it. I know facial expressions. But were they talking bad about you or yes. were they talking bad about so-and-so she over there? No, <laughs> they were talking bad about us. I know they were. They were probably just making fun of us. Yeah. Well, we I mean... We fucking pay them. They're not make, allowed to make fun of us. That. We no, make, we don't. We make fun of people, too. Not in front of their faces. Not in front of their faces, but I mean, I would if I could. If I spoke another language, I would shit talk on so many people. I guess it just doesn't bother me that much. I'm like, I know that I have funky, ugly feet, and um, I have a feeling it was not our feet they were discussing. And I'm pretty sure that they've had people with funky, uglier feet than mine come in, and I'm paying them to take care of my to make my ugly feet beautiful. Maybe they were talking about the my fact March, that I haven't plucked my toes lately and I had March some... Simpson voice is coming out now. Had some man hair going on on my toe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she discovered this as she was changing shoes before we went into Ulta yesterday. Yeah, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I need to pluck my toes.
All right. Now that we're done with our toe plucking talk. Is that normal to pluck your toes? I shave mine. Yeah, but when you shave them, then they get like itchy and shit. If you pluck them, then it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe that's a question for our listeners. Wax your shave, toes. Shave, pluck, you, or wax. <laughs> what do you do about your toe hair? About your man toes? <laughs> so if you have hobbit feet. <laughs> like us. <laughs> How do you fix them? <laughs> I get the bottom of my feet belt sanded. And, <laughs> and I wax the top. You wax the top and belt sand the bottom. <laughs> You just see Alyssa would like, you know, turn it on the machine. No, that's not her vibrator. There's like sparks flying off. That's one of my favorite scenes in Dumb and Dumber. Look it up. All right. Let's transition, shall we? Okay. Bookity book book. I read a book this week staying on my dog theme. Actually, somebody, we had a um, person. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Um, somebody actually sent us this book. Yeah, read that letter. That was cool. Dear three book girls, I'm hoping this letter and book will find you all in good health. Do you want me to read the whole letter out loud? Well, at least part of it. Um, Find the good parts. I spend over three hours a day car commuting, and I look forward to new episodes of your podcast popping up on my phone. Yay. The basis for why I spend so much time in the car can be found in the enclosed book. So I'm guessing that this book is like like true or based on true events. Um, I'd kind of like to know if um, Aaron Wright, if you're listening... Um, I'd like to know more if this is like your actual story or if it was just based off of your actual story. But I, I really think that this was like true. Like I, I looked at like the acknowledgments and everything about the author and everything in the back. And mm-hmm. I really think that it is true. And this was a book that is published through an independent publisher. And he says, thank you for sharing your own personal stories. And I hope you don't mind that I would like to share mine with you. With you, That's kind of why I think that this is um, a true, a nonfiction book, I should say. That's the actual word that I should say. Daisy Has Autism by Aaron J. Wright. And Daisy is the dog. Oh. And so this that. book starts out, and it's a couple who lives in California. They have a little boy named Charlie, and Annie, who is the wife, is pregnant. And the husband, whose name is... Um, Arthur, I believe, decides that, you know, he grew up having a dog and he really wanted to get another dog. So they, he goes to a uh, rescue to get a dog, 2 a.m., like the pound. And he picks out a lab mix. You know, the dog seems normal, like he needs a little training and everything. But, you know, he meets them, runs around the yard and everything else with them. And decides that he's going to adopt this dog and, you know, puts in the application and everything. And they have to fix the dog so he doesn't pick the dog up at, for a couple of days. And he gets the dog home and names the dog Daisy. And Daisy just doesn't act normal. I mean, she she has, like, high, really high anxiety. She flaps her ears. She runs in circles. She doesn't seem to take any kind of social cues from her people or anything else. And so they kind of question what's wrong with the dog and they take the dog to the vet daisy to the vet and everything to try to get some answers the vet recommends a training facility that they take the uh, daisy to which infuriated me when i read about the training facility 
and I'll let everybody else read it who wants to read this book and judge on their self. But I wanted to go down and just slap them in the face because they were very much about um, negative feedback, not positive feedback with training dogs. And of course, you know, Daisy still didn't train right, but she's starting to get into a routine. And one of the things that Arthur finds out is that if he runs with her, like long distance running, that it calms her down. So they start this routine where they're running five or seven miles a day, like like a long time running, so not just far. not just around up and down the apartment complex like I do. <laughs> but I don't run. I just walk. I was going to say, I, on that. I hope you get a pretty heavy duty sports bra off your guys. <laughs> <laughs> Give myself black eyes. <laughs> but um, then um, their little girl is born, which I think her name is like Magda. Magda. It's M-A-G-D-A. Yep. Magda. Okay. She also has learning problems, like social learning problems. The best thing that I found about this book, well, not the best thing. One of the greatest things about this book is that the little girl who has learning disability, or I don't, I don't know if it's really a learning disability. It's a, I can't remember what they call it. She's on the autism spectrum? Well, they don't really call it autism either. They call it sensory. Sensory processing disorder? Yes, Sensory processing disorder. Thank you. But the dog and the little girl have like this special bond. It's like even though they both aren't quite right with their social skills, they understand each other. Like that's very interesting. And then the book kind of takes a turn as Magda gets older because then they're fighting the public school system to get her qualified for IEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Which they are trying, the school district is trying to block. They don't want to mm-hmm. pay for her IEP at all. And so then it turns into this battle between them and the school district. And it kind of goes from there. But yeah, it, it's really interesting. Yeah. Right. My daughter has an IEP too, and it can be a fight. Especially yeah. when they try to put your child on the wrong IEP. Um, mm-hmm. They had my daughter's old school had her on an IEP for autism and it wasn't really helping because uh, her problems are with like sitting and focusing. Mm-hmm. And they kept wanting to um, increase her socialization, which she's having a hard time in the classroom, but she wasn't like interacting enough with other children. So they tried to put her on like an autism IEP. And her new school has put her on one for like basically like an ADD IEP and she's doing much better now. But yeah, uh-huh. either way, it can be a fight. There's parents that have trouble getting their kids to be put on the correct IEP if they have autism or if they have focus problems or behavior issues or whatever. So yeah, it can be a huge fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that, okay, because my sister has muscular dystrophy. So mm-hmm. she's physically handicapped, but not mentally handicapped. Mm-hmm. And I know that one of my mom's biggest struggles with the schools was it trying to get them to understand that she's physically handicapped, mm-hmm. not mentally handicapped. I mean, it actually came to the point that when she was in first grade, um, the teacher basically did not make her do any of her work. And she's she's five or six years old. Of course, if the teacher says, it's okay, honey, you don't have to do it, you're not going to do your work. You're going to want to go out to recess and just play. Mm-hmm. And then they failed her. But the teacher didn't understand that she was physically handicapped, but not mentally handicapped. And so they failed her. 
because she wasn't getting any of her work done, but the teacher wasn't making her get her work done. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up having to repeat the first grade because of it. And it was just bad teaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was a stupid reason. And my mom fought with the school over it and fought and fought and fought with the school and they didn't do anything about it. And then, yeah, she ended up being held back a year, which I don't think it's a really bad thing. Then we were in the same grade, like all the way from first grade, because she's only a year above me. But still, it's a shitty reason to have to re- yep. to repeat the grade because the teacher was a freaking stupid cunt biscuit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a just new, not square. I've it's, never heard you say that before. <laughs> wow. That was um that was one that that's one that uh lady that I work with says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the influence they're having on you. <laughs> we haven't said the C word on this program in a long time. <laughs> since almost the beginning. I don't really like the C word, but you Nicole know, somebody, said the C word on one of our first podcasts. I know. I'll never I was forget surprised. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But any teacher that's going to make the student not do her work all year long and then fail her is a cunt biscuit. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Just is. All right. But yeah. And then also about the dog. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who get rescue dogs and Alyssa can probably agree with me. Sometimes when you get a dog, you don't exactly know what you're getting into because sometimes they turn into be more high maintenance than what you knew that they were going to be yes i think Alyssa has this problem a little more than me because her dog is very antisocial i can give my dog audible commands and you cannot yes that's true but i knew about the deafness it was the yes the 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 dog ibs i did not know that's true i mean i i wouldn't change it now because of course i love my dog but and I want her to be happy. And if it involves having to buy her $80 food, then that's what it is. It's not like I'm going to take her back to the rescue or anything because I signed up for this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if you have a child that, you know, ends up having problems, it's not like you can give your child back. So you're not going to give a dog back. That's that's how I think of it in my mind. And a lot of people don't feel the same way. I had a friend one time that um, got a dog from a rescue and it turned into more of a problem and she ended up taking the dog back two days later. And I felt so bad for that dog. Yeah, I've heard of people getting dogs from rescues. They take them home and the dog becomes aggressive and, you know, you have you have no choice but to take them back because it turns out they may not be as good with children as you thought. Well, or yeah, in, in those cases. Something, yeah. But, it's, yeah. But, but she if just, it's just you know, oh, my dog needs special food or my dog needs, uh, you know, seizure medication or whatever, then yeah, yeah, you got to step up for that stuff. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. My dog is a radical feminist and doesn't like any men and <laughs> needs consent to be touched. That's my dog. No, for her, shout no. out to Martha. For, Thank you. For I'm realizing that what my dog is is actually just a radical feminist. Yep, yep. She's reincarnated. She's a reincarnated radical feminist lesbian. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's my dog. Yep. She's a good girl. I like her a lot. I, I do love my mutant hell beast. 
polydactyl crazy Aww. cat. She's got two extra toes on every foot. I try to not talk about her too much, but she is pretty cool. That's so fun. So, that is fun. You can insane. talk about pets here. Yeah. I, well, I think I've talked about her before on the show um, that I found her in the ceiling of a library and took her home. And Aww. so, so she's, she's a book cat. She's a, a library cat. Yeah. But again, this um, book is called Daisy Has Autism by Aaron J. Wright. And I think that if you have ever had to fight with the public education system about mm-hmm. anything or have a rescue dog that you would enjoy this book. It was an easy read. was very relatable. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing your story mm-hmm. with us. And who was that by again? Aaron J. Wright. Was it my turn? Shift. Okay, (laughs) so this week I read another YA book. This is my other YA book that has stood the test of time, like Artemis Fowl, even as an adult. It's Hmm. a great book. Okay, I'm intrigued. And this is Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. It's also a movie. If you haven't read the book, you've probably seen the movie or heard of the movie. They're almost nothing alike. The names are all the same. That's I have about not read it. it and I have not seen the movie. So. It's very good. So it starts out with the birth of Ella of Frell. And when she is born, a fairy attends her birth and gives her a gift. And the gift is of obedience. And so anytime Ella is ordered to do something, she has to obey. So if her mother tells her, go pick up your room, she has to do it. If someone told her to hop on one foot for a day and a half, she would have to do it. And so as she gets older, she learns how to try and re-navigate these orders. She'll try and stall them for as long as she can. And she can get almost to three minutes sometimes, but she gets this really horrible pounding in her head and a buzzing in her ears until eventually she decides to follow the order. The good thing is if someone asks her a question or requests that she do something she doesn't have to follow so if someone said eat your dinner she would have to do it but if someone asked will you please eat your dinner that's not an order it's a request and so she doesn't have to follow that's awesome and she's learned to ask people do i have to and then if they reconsider she doesn't have to follow the order and so her mother has died when she's about 15 years old. Before she died, her mother ordered her not to tell anyone about her curse of obedience because she would wor- she was worried that it would get her into trouble and put her in harm's way. And so after her mother dies, her father sends her off to boarding school with a, it's not a family friend, but some acquaintances and her two do- daughters, Hattie and Olive, who um, are dumb and horrible at the same time. But unfortunately, Hattie, she doesn't know why, but she figures out that if she tells Ella to do something, she has to do it. Hmm. So she makes her wait on her like she's a lady in waiting, makes her do whatever she asks. She deprives her of food for a couple days. And so on their way to boarding school, Ella realizes that if she's stuck with Hattie for a while, things are going to go really badly because Hattie could tell other people about the fact that she has to do whatever you tell her to do. Mm -hmm. And so she spends a couple 
weeks, I think, or months, it's not really clear, in boarding school. But eventually, she hears that her father is going to be at a giant wedding, as in a wedding of giants. Oh, cool. Not a big wedding. Because one of the cool things about the story is there are all these magical creatures. And so she decides that this is her shot. And so she runs away from boarding school and goes on her way to this wedding. And so on the way... Um, someone tells her how to get there and it's going to take a walk because her plan is to walk, which is a ballsy move because um, it's really far away. But so she walks and on her way, she encounters um, kind of the homeland of the elves. Um, they have it's called the elves forest, but <laughs> um, so she interacts with these elves and one of her big skills is she's very good with languages. And so she's able to kind of talk with them in their own language um and they send her on her way with you know some food and better directions to where she's going um but on her way she's almost there and she gets waylaid by ogres Mm -hmm. ogres are bad they're bad in every story Mm -hmm. except shrek (laughs) in every other story they're bad and so um not only do ogres eat people in this story, but um, they're also very good at languages and their magical property is that they are very convincing. It's almost like Ella's curse. They can mm-hmm. tell you they, they can tell you what to do and lull you into a false sense of security. They could convince you to walk into a fire so they could roast you and you wouldn't think twice about it because they've made you feel really good and that this is safe so it's a really scary kind of ability they have um and one you're fine (laughs) another one of them has also figured out that for whatever reason ella has to do what they order her to do um and she has to listen to them as they're kind of traveling with her because they're waiting to eat her because she's not enough like just one of her is enough for one of them. So yeah, she's waiting. Just so they're waiting to also catch some ponies <laughs> and some other people and maybe some cows and maybe some sheep. Um, but unfortunately for them, that means that um, they waited too long and they end up being captured by Prince Charmant, who is the prince of the land. <laughs> prince of the land. He's yeah. <laughs> I'm and Prince of the Land. Some knights, and they end up with Ella's help capturing all of the ogres. Um, and she ends up on her way to the wedding finally, and she tries to confront the fairy that gave her the gift at the wedding to take it back. And take your fucking gift. Take this nonsense back. Because this fairy is just under the impression because she gives these gifts to people. So at this wedding. She, she likes to attend births and weddings and big celebrations and gives out these big magical gifts because she thinks they're wonderful, but they're actually horrible. So Ella's not the only one she's given obedience. She's also turned people into squirrels because she thinks that squirrels have a great fun life. Um, at this wedding, she gives the bride and the groom the gift of always being together. So that means that they can never be alone. 
they always have to be with the other person. I don't know why. For the rest of their lives. I don't know why I'm thinking about Christmas vacation and the jello with the cat food in it right now. Because I know that's really (laughs) not a correlation. How how is this connecting? I have no idea. Terrible terrible gift. It's a terrible Terrible gift that nobody wants. And nobody asked for. (laughs) And you might think it's sweet at the moment. But, but it's got then cat you food discover it. that it's cat food. Yeah. Aunt Bethany. Yes. <laughs> I love Aunt Bethany. Maybe because she wraps up random things and they're yeah, unwanted exactly. gifts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because she wraps up her cat and she wraps yeah. up the jello mold. Yes. Oh, yeah. And- <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I know I'm random. I know it. Eventually, um, Ella does go back to Frel with her father. He's surprisingly not particularly bothered that she ran away from boarding school. He's just kind of like... He's not a great dad. He's just kind of like, eh, whatever. He tries to marry her off to this old rich dude. Thankfully, it doesn't work out. Um, but so it ends up, so the the people that he sent her away to boarding school with, Hattie and Olive, he ends up marrying their mother. And so the rest of this story is kind of a retelling of Cinderella. And so he ends up going away because um, he's a merchant. And so he travels like by trade and he goes away and they make her become... A servant. And um, Hattie tells her mother that Ella has to do whatever it is you tell her to do. And so she has to scrub the floors. She has to stop being friends with one of her friends, Arita. They stop her. So the prince who saved her, um, he comes to the wedding of her dad and her new stepmom. And um, when Hattie realizes that he kind of likes Ella, because Hattie wants to marry him. Um, she makes Ella stay away. She's not a like she's not allowed to talk to him, not allowed to go near him anymore. Um, and so the rest of the story is told in an epistolary format. So it's letters, and she starts writing with the prince because he has to go away for a year to another country as part of a diplomatic, I don't know, thing. Something. It's a diplomatic thing. Um, and they end up, they write letters to each other the whole time and they fall in love. Aww. And of course, there's a romantic Of course it is. Thing. But it's a really good story. Um, it's a really good play on the Cinderella fairy tale. Um, but it's a lot about self-determination and being able to overcome. do things under your own power and overcome things by yourself um it's a really good story i love it this was my favorite book for probably seven or eight years <laughs> when i was a kid this was my favorite book for a really long time don't watch the movie it's not the same it is it in no way resembles the story i just told you but it's a really good story um i recommend it to anyone with girls probably the age of like i mean eight to like 15 or 16 it's a really great story. And that is Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Yay. Yay. Martha, you're really quiet over there. It's Sunday morning. Oh. You just look like you're kicked back. I am. You're enjoying your non-Game of Thrones moment. God, yes. <laughs> Remind me to tell you about that next week because it's a long story. <laughs> okay. We don't have time for me to go into Speaking a rant. Of- inappropriate sex. Vivian, what did you read this week? <laughs> Mine did not have inappropriate sex. I was talking what about a bummer. The, the tree sex that you were talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, okay. The yeah. Okay. So um, 
I just finished uh, a book called Semiosis by Sue Burke. And uh, the best way to sum it up, or the terrible way to sum it up, maybe, I guess, best, worst way to sum it up, is that it's about a talking plant. (laughs) Okay. It is a novel about multiple generations of colonists from Earth that... Um, basically, you know, it's the typical Earth went to shit, so we're going to launch ourselves in space and, <laughs> and get the hell out of here. And so they land on this planet, and they're going to colonize it. And the first generation there, they it's narrated, the first narrator is a botanist. And um, they have this uh, stuff called snow vine that's producing fruit, and they're eating the fruit because it's very, very nutritious. Well, one day... The snow vine that's growing on like one side of the settlement becomes poisonous and it kills people. They test the fruit on the other side and it's still safe. And then they start noticing that the plants that are growing the safe fruit are attacking the ones that are growing the poisonous fruit. And then there's a great line about how we were in the middle of the war and we didn't realize it. And so the ones that are growing the poison start attacking the colonists' crops and destroying their crops. So they get the other snow vine and they plant it around their field and it keeps the bad snow vine out. So they're starting to work with the plants. So it's really cool. And then as it goes on, like the next generation, um, I don't want to spoil too much of it because it's just kind of a twisty turny book and it's really, really good. But they find this stuff called rainbow bamboo. And it's growing around this ancient city. And they end up moving the colony to this old city um, that used to be occupied by the previous planet's inhabitants who have disappeared. They don't know what happened. Um, so as they're getting to know the rainbow, the rainbow bamboo, um, it starts trying to communicate with them. And you start getting narration from the plant itself. Because at this point, the plant is chiming in with its own thoughts. Because it's like... They'll have a narrator from one generation and then the plant will tell their side of the story. So it's really interesting. And so the plant starts trying to communicate with them by uh, showing different colors of its flowers. And it will teach them like opposites by um, that it understands opposites by having one blossom point up and the other point down. So people start like laying things around the plant and planting and burying them in the ground and stuff like that to try to say, hey, we understand what you're talking about. We understand colors. We understand your language. They eventually uh, learn to communicate. The plant learns to communicate with them. So over the next several generations, the plant builds a relationship with them. It starts to evolve so that it has better communication. The plant starts helping them survive in different ways. It tries to warn them of an oncoming attack by an alien species that, you know, by emitting scents, so that smell like that animal and they're, oh no, they're coming to attack the village. It smells just like that thing. So it's really, it's really interesting how um, it communicates. And then when you get the plant side of you, the plant's point of view, the way that um, it describes how it's making these things happen by saying, you know, I'm sending like an amino acid or whatever, it's naming off like all of these biochemical names I'm telling you what it's doing. So it gets the book gets kind of scientific, not over your head or anything, but it'll say, you know, like if I do this, it creates a chemical reaction and then it causes this. And that's what's making this flower smell this way or whatever. Um, So there's a lot of biochemistry. There's a lot of botany in it. Um, There's a little bit of like anthropology and sociology going on, too. But I could swear that the author was a botanist or a biochemist. So I looked her up. 
She is not. What? She's actually just No way. She is I've a, read this book, by the way. She is a journalist and a Spanish translator. She actually won Holy an award shit. for translating the first book ever written about the stock market. Uh, it was that written is so in random. Spanish. Yeah, I know. It's very, very random. She's a very interesting person. And the this book, Semiosis, actually started off as a short story that she wrote for like a science fiction magazine or something. Um, and then she just kind of took it and ran with it. Uh, the weird thing about the book is that while it's very, very good, and I absolutely loved this book, like it really hit a lot of good notes for me because I love sci-fi. I love people being out there doing weird things and encountering weird things, but they're still human. The human element is still there. I love the whole sentient plant thing, the way that they're trying, that people are domesticating the animals and the plants on the planet, but the plant itself is saying that I'm domesticating the humans. Yep. And so it's, it's really, really, really cool. The plant is a little creepy. Like you can't decide if he's malicious or not. Creepy. He's creepy. Only think about the plant from the little shop of horrors the whole time you've been talking. Uh It's kind of like that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, So more. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. So the ending of the book is very abrupt. It just kind of like it goes along. It's really intense. There's a lot of action. And then it just kind of. Yep. And that's because this is a duology and the sequel is coming out. I don't know if it's out yet or not. Um, It's supposed to be released this year. I need to try to find it. Uh, But it's called Interference. And it's Hmm. about a group of scientists coming from Earth to the colony to study that planet. And I guess this creates conflict somehow because who knows? Maybe they don't like a talking plant. I don't know. Maybe Uh, the plants are maybe the plants are feeling threatened by the science. Plants don't like them. It's possible. So we'll we'll see how this goes. It should be very, very interesting. But the book was really, really good. And it is called Semiosis by Sue Burke. And I highly recommend it if you like um, weird sci-fi stuff. And if you like anything that explores the concept of sentience and what defines sentience. And uh, it was really interesting. I've read it and I did like it. But I felt that way about the ending mm -hmm. as well. And I thought maybe it was just me. Yeah. But what I think but it was very strange. It, was a it is very, very strange. strange book. Um, I did like how at one point there's this big, basically a war going on later on in the planet that I don't want to spoil what it is. But the Steveland, the plant, his name's Steveland. He, he tries gives himself a name, and uh, he is negotiating with the other plants on the planet to try to get their help in this war that they're fighting. And so all of the different plants, the species, have personalities. Like, is it pineapples that are a bunch of jerks, or they're not very smart? I can't remember. What pineapples know, seem like they'd be? Dumb. I thought it was the oranges that were assholes. The oranges are assholes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't the, remember the details. It's been a while since I read the it. The but... tulips are stupid. They're incredibly stupid yep. little things. Um, and irises love blood. They crave blood. So irises are some of my most favorite flowers. So I will never look at irises the same way. (laughs) It's really interesting the way it's so unique. It's one of the most unique books I've ever read. It's very unique. Yeah, Yeah. it was very weird, very creative. Mm -hmm. So um, she gets high marks from me for being very creative with this book, for using a lot of biochemistry in it. I thought that was just amazing. It was amazing. And I'm so shocked that she doesn't have any. She's not. She's a Spanish translator. Her husband is apparently like trilingual or something. So Amazing. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. very, very talented. But I'm looking forward to the sequel. Should be very interesting. And what is that again? Semiosis by Sue Burke.
doot, little shop of horrors. So anyway, I'm excited about the sequel. I can't wait to get it. So I loved this book so much. Not as much as I love Cersei, which I won't get into right now. That was amazing. That's for another time. Yeah, I'll have to review that book another time. Okay, so my turn. I had a book hangover so severe this week that I just couldn't get into anything else. And I'm not going to review the book that I had the book hangover for because I don't want to do two weird books in the same podcast. And Vivian took precedence this time. Vivian took the weirdness. Weird. Yeah, Vivian Mine wasn't that weird. Yeah, it was no, just weird. No, Dude, no, your no, book is about weird. talking plants. It's pretty it, weird. Better talking Let to me people. just tell you this. It's, it's such a weird book that I chose not to review it, thinking nobody else would like it. But you obviously proved me wrong because you read it on your own without me ask me recommending it to you, and you liked it. So I feel vindicated. But to be mm-hmm. fair, you and Vivian have like we this do very have similar taste, taste in the weirdness. We have, we have weird taste in books. Yeah. Yes, very I like you. that. When you were talking about Vivian being on the podcast this week, I was like, okay, so you have your double, so it's me and Alyssa all the way. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I had this book hangover, and I got on Facebook and was complaining about having a book hangover, which is actually pretty rare these days for me. But anyway, uh, Stormy Davis from Hampton, Virginia, got on there and made a suggestion to me which is called My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. We heard like five minutes of this in the car yesterday. (laughs) Very excited. That's because I I wasn't done with it yet, and I was so (laughs) wanting to read it that I just couldn't stand it. Anyway, um, it's a debut, which makes it even more exciting because you know how I love discovering new books. You do like debuts. I do. I It's my new thing this year. I even made that part of my, um, what do you call that? Your New Year's resolution? No, my book reading goal for the year, to read more debut authors. Well, that's what I was talking about. Your New Year's resolution oh, 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 yeah, yeah. book my goal. My book, book resolution, yeah. The description is accurate and not accurate. The one that's on Goodreads. It says, Dexter meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Dexter as in... Dexter the serial killer. Yeah. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right. So that's kind of an oversimplification. And I don't know after I've read it if I really like that for several reasons. But the, the main takeaway from this book was it was so compelling that I absolutely could not stop reading it. So despite all its flaws, and there were flaws... I fucking loved this book so much. It was just pure joy from the weird, twisted little heart that I have. It was different and devious, but in a mainstream kind of way, which is one of the reasons that I like reviewing it because I know other people are going to love it. I did give it five stars on Goodreads, but it was mainly because of the mass appeal readability qualities that it had um my problems with it were more it didn't show enough torture and horror for the type of story that it was so if you like stories about serial killers but you don't like the details then this would probably be a great book for you so it is about serial killers oh yes it's about a husband and wife serial killer team oh wow all right so they're keeping it in the family yep 
Um, and the twists in this baby are amazing. So it did have that going for it. It had a pretty dang good ending. Not the best ending I could have imagined for it because I definitely had an extra twist I would have thrown in at the end if I were the actor, but I am one twisted bitch. So <laughs> I'm what I'm hoping for with this is I'm hoping that Miss Samantha Downing learned a few things after finishing this book, and I hope she gets t- more twisted with time. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it was twisted. A lot of people may compare this to some of the other big twist novels, such as, I hate to be cliche and say Gone Girl, uh, um, and Girl on the Train, but... Um, it had some similar qualities with those books. I think that it could be uh, a really huge novel for her, especially if a lot of people hop on the bandwagon and read it. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what happens with this one because I, like like with some other novels that I've read, I think that it could be huge. I'm not always right. I really thought The Girl in Cabin 10 was great. But not a lot of people liked that yeah, one. Yeah, that one didn't take off like the other no, ones. No, no, it didn't. But this one has more of a mass appeal than that one did. Mm, so this would probably be relatable to a lot of people. or I really think. Not relatable, but I really interesting to I, a lot of different genres. Yes. Look, as someone would, who's into, in the true crime contingent, I am here to read about a husband-wife serial killer yeah. team. I'm telling you. <laughs> It, it had some really interesting things, and it was such a fast read. It's a 10-hour audiobook. Well, that's not that's that long. Not bad. And that's I, not bad. And I sped that bitch up at the end because I couldn't stand it. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> well, I, just added it. It, I just added it to my list on Overdrive. Yeah. And the wait time is like 11 weeks. Really? Yes. Holy wow. shit. That's but I've, awesome. I've got it on hold. So uh, they do not have the audiobook version, well, unfortunately. I know um, they didn't have the audiobook version yeah. because I immediately looked for it. I spent an audible credit on this. <gasps> yeah. Guys. I, wow. Or when I first, when she first suggested it, I said, okay, I read the description and I just spent an audible credit. So I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. I think she thought it was being bitchy. <laughs> No. Which I kind of was because you know I hate spending those, but I'm buying this book for my shelf. I know, Alyssa's very shocked. I'm buying this book for my shelf. It's a big deal for you. It is a big deal for me. Uh, I also want to say Stormy Davis. Girl, kudos for uh, recommending this book to me, and I no longer have my book hangover. I'm I'm cured. Okay, I'm placing it on hold, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I, I... Get in line, bitch. I'll be, <laughs> I'll yeah, be surprised. I'm number 32 oh, in line. You could game so. the system. What 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 library system are you using? Oh, I went to Metro because they have the Audible. So, well, I, yeah, seriously, though, you guys, um, this is going to be big. Stormy, you go, girl. You got it figured out. This is, it's a good book. That sounds good. I really love the whole concept of that they um they have a hobby together because that is really what makes a marriage work. It really, it really is. is. You like, know, and yeah. they talk about it when they yeah. when they talk when they want to talk about it, they text each other date night, and then they go sit in the car in the garage. 
and talk about it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you know what? For some reason, this Love reminded it. me of a Netflix show that's on, and I can't remember the name of the Netflix show, but it's got Drew Barrymore in it. Oh, yeah. And like, Santa Clarita oh, Diet. Yes. And yeah. like, they eat people. They're She's like zombies zombie. or something. Yeah. She's a zombie. And I, then, I couldn't get into that one at all, but. I mean, it was like funny and light, but. That one was too much for me. They yep. bit off. Nathan Fillion's finger and I was out. So. Nathan Fillion's finger? No. This is the first episode, so it's no. not really a spoiler. Let, no. let me just say how he dies. Dare. Let me how just say dare. But they then it becomes Nathan like a family, a, a, you know, like something that they do together. It is going to find, together. find her someone to eat. And for some reason, your book reminded me let of me that show. Let me just say this. I mean, that's closer than my book in the green jello mold, so... <laughs> I just want to say that, that that series just bit off a little more than they could chew. See, I liked it. But um bum I'm not very much into zombies and stuff, but for some reason I liked that. I don't know if it's just because I love Drew Barrymore or I could be. Yeah. 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 Did but... I give title an artist on that? You didn't the second time. Okay, so uh that was my lovely wife. By Samantha Downing. I need to go over to Full Circle Books after this and buy this fucking <laughs> first edition. <laughs> They're going to make a movie out of this. I will guarantee it. Mm, they could. It sounds movie worthy. Yes, it's definitely. They should make a series out of it. Yeah, a Ooh. series would be even better because then they could get more in-depth. Murder okay, series. in that case then, uh, dream casting, who would you cast as the husband and wife? Let's see. I don't have any suggestions myself, but I would love to hear yours. I want to hmm. see Tim Oilifant as a murderer. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Let's see. I think I would pick... Zac Efron. Zac Efron would be perfect! Especially because he's playing Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. He Man. can play more murderers. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. All the murderers. Zac Efron would be perfect. And the wife would be Emma Stone. Ooh. Which is interesting because she's never done anything like that. I think Tim Oliphant would be great. I had to look up who it but was. But if he's 30, he's too old. Yeah, that's... Tim Oliphant's not 30 anymore. No, no, no. He's not 30. Yeah, I think... I. It, yeah. It's going to be great. It's oh, going to be great. watch that murder people. That works, too. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased about that. And then next week, I'm going to talk about the book that gave me the hangover. Cool. Which is weird. <laughs> so be prepared. Yes. Be ready for the weird next week from my point of view. It's not a talking plant either. I actually have a kind of a very different weird one for me. Not like you're kind of weird, but definitely not my usual. Oh, I don't pick what I'm going to read till like Wednesday. Well, usually what I'm happens like, oh, to me shit, is it's I, coming maybe if it's my turn. I've still got a book should read something. on the back burner that's fucking fantastic that I keep thinking I'm going to review that this week and then something else comes up. And so something I've, got, else one, takes your I've mind. got one in the back that's really great that I can't wait to talk about eventually. Well, see, I'm someday. trying to get a couple of books in because I have a book that I want to read that's 30 hours on Audible. Damn. And um, so I'm trying to get like a like a backlog so that I have time to read this book because it's one that Nicole had recommended to me and I really, really want to read it. And But I need... You need time. 
Uh, yeah, 30 hours. That's a lot, a lot of reading. I top out at like 15 for an audiobook. After that, it's like, I should have just read it. I can't listen to your voice anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't that's, hear another, <laughs> that's another complaint about this book. The, I didn't really care that much for the person narrating. The, person narrating. the fact that you I, loved I it so much and you didn't like the narrator, though, says a lot about it the book. Does. Yeah. It's not that I didn't like the narrator. It's just that I didn't love the You know, guys doing women's voices can be problematic. Some are good, yeah. some are bad. At the of times. Yeah. So that's my only gripe about it. Gotcha. That and there was not nearly enough... Gore? Well, no. I mean, it should be horror. There wasn't oh, enough there's not. Her. Well, no, yeah, there really wasn't. <laughs> I mean, you really didn't see a lot of what went on. You just sort of heard about it. Needs more disembowelings. Yes. <laughs> Needs more description of torture. Because then you'd be even more horrified. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, but if she was trying to make it um, plausible for a number of genres, if it gets too gory, then yeah, you're going to turn people off. you got to have enough of it, though. If you're going mm-hmm. to talk line. about Dexter. It's you a know fine I mean? line. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is a fine line. A fine That's line. why a lot of people are going to like this book because mm-hmm. it wasn't over the top. And in the second one, she can get more gory. She can go further into I the torture. I just want to see her doing it. You yeah. don't get to see her doing it at all. Because like there's some books that I've read that the first one was, them doing was it, good. I and then like by the third one it. in this series, it's like, man, this got freaking dark, which I love. Don't get me wrong. Love the darkness. But I was like, this took a very dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't get to make my tree sex joke. Oh, <laughs> make your tree sex joke. Okay, so it's springtime in Oklahoma. Yeah. It's it's full on fucking spring. We yes. all want to die. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Allergy trees alerts. and the flowers are having sex right now and it's all in our noses. And yeah, so so it would have worked perfectly with Vivian. I know because I read the talking plant thing. Yeah, I could have gone into like a whole plant porn. The trees are having sex in my nose right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> It is not. You a- know what? I don't love the mental picture that just gave me. <laughs> No. There's it's, an it's, going it's not on just my the trees. It's, it's not the trees, it's the flowers. The too. old in and yeah. out just doesn't work with the nasal passages. The solar like swirling in there, you know, like yeah. doing the little swirly thing. Ooh, like that's... corkscrewing in my oh, nose. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good picture in no. my head. Oh, and I think that's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls. girls. Can't get enough of three book girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.